sir. Train service has been discontinued. This will be the last stop for all passengers. Well, hey, what do you mean? Where are we? Filbert, Pennsylvania. Filbert? <laughs> Does anybody know where that is? Why are you giving me one useless piece of information at a time? What's going on? Hey, why would you just stop? You can't just leave us here. Sir, we lost contact. With whom? Everyone. There's something happening here, but what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. That wasn't Buffalo Springfield. That was Kevin. But Jim, those lyrics certainly hit the nail on the head because it ain't exactly clear what we watched. Only thing we know is that it involved our third member of the Wall of Fame. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Marky Mark and The Happening. We're back. Again, I'm Kevin. That's Jim. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. 1,000 downloads now, everybody, and more. Thank you. The movie in question is The Happening. (laughs) The 2008 M. Night Shyamalan joint. This is the first time I think that name has come up on this podcast. The first time it's appeared. First appearance of M. Night Shyamalan. Probably the last. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I don't want to do anymore. The Happening was the first M. Night Shyamalan movie to receive an R rating. I don't know why. The suicides, I guess. Yeah, I guess that much. Uh, The film was originally shopped with the title The Green Effect. I guess maybe a play on the greenhouse effect, which is, it's dumb. The movie's influence was 60s thrillers like The Invasion of the Body Snatchers and The Birds and The Blob. Essentially, Shyamalan himself stated they were trying to make an excellent B-movie. Okay, here's the problem. With that, this movie ended up becoming the worst acted movie I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. Yeah. This movie was pitched to them by M. Night. Yeah. And they literally went, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Well, I, I bet he played up the aspect of campiness because there's, there is a campy aspect to it, but it's almost like. But you can deliver camp acting way better. Yeah. Most camp, you pretty quickly realize okay we're in on the joke (laughs) this movie it never really addresses it no it's a dud well some critics agreed that this was excellent but mostly critics took a giant shit on the movie's chest (laughs) i would hope so speaking of giant shit the tagline for this movie we've sensed it we've seen the signs now it's happening that is might be the worst tagline ever it is the most they thought they were so clever. Narcissistic. Yeah, it's approach. like It's like, okay, how These can, are my fucking movies. How can we make a tagline for this movie? Oh, I know. Reference the director's other movies. It's not like I don't know. Where's the fucking village in that it's reference? It's not like uh, you know, a Ron Shelton written movie is like white men couldn't jump. His <laughs> his cup was tin. It takes a village to have a sixth sense about signs. There you go. All right. Mr. Uh, Glass. Before we move on to some numbers about the film, I have to read this quote from Mark Wahlberg. Are you going to do it in Mark voice? No, I I can't do a real, real good Mark Wahlberg, but so it's in reference to Amy Adams, who she was considered for the role of Alma and she wised up. She quote, 
dodged the bullet. He also said it was a really bad movie. Fuck it. It is what it is. You Fuck it. You can't blame me for not wanting to try to play a science teacher. At least, <laughs> at least I wasn't playing a cop or a crook. <laughs> like it would have mattered if you played a cop. Hey guys, all right, I'm going to put the gun away, okay? It's like he always dreamed of playing a teacher. And he's like, well, I'm not a cop. I'm a goddamn science. I'm teaching science, fuckers. All right, Jim, uh, please give us the budget, the box office information, and hopefully tell us what better movies or music were out at the time of the happenings release. And pretty much fucking anything was better than this ugly pile of shit. Ugly? Ugly. It's like you want to hug ugly. It's just that fucking bad. This movie had a budget of $48 million. I don't know how. It, hopefully, it was all wrapped up in Mark Wahlberg's budget. Yet, it made $163 million. I mean, doesn't that tell you the the weight of the name, uh, why they wrote that tagline? Dude, M. Night did this movie. We got to check this out. Within, when did it hit us as we're watching this movie? Probably Mark Wahlberg's first scene as a science teacher. Go, oh, yeah. fuck. Mm -hmm. We're in for one. However... There are some, I'll do that in the voice of Howard Finkel. However, there are some news going on that it's actually more entertaining, yet tragic. In and around June 10th of 2008, a fire at the back lot of Universal Studios Hollywood destroys several icons from movies such as Courthouse Square, the Clock Tower from Back to the Future, and the King Kong exhibit on the studio tour. As long as the Klopex house is okay. The Klopex house will always be saved. I'm even pretty though sure at the end of the happening, they hide out at the Klopex house. It's pretty much, hey guys, this place looks familiar. Oh, hi, Mr. Klopex. Gotta take out the trash. Hey, Pinocchio, get over here. Coldplay, uh, I like Coldplay, I'll admit it. Kevin, you probably don't like Coldplay. Uh, I, I have never really You're given indifferent. much of an effort to listen to Coldplay. Yeah. So I, I, Maybe it's something as I'm getting older, I appreciate more. They released their fourth studio album, Viva La Vida, winner of three Grammy Awards. So, big album for the Coldplay. Bill Gates steps down as chairman of Microsoft and decides, you know what? I don't really want to get any more rich. I've had enough. Yeah. I, I want to feel like I'm everybody else. Well, he, he shifted all of his efforts to... The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Tracking people through their COVID shots. Yeah, so I hope everybody <laughs> out there who has received their first vaccine, I almost got my first one today, put a magnet around that injection site. Just make yeah. sure you're safe, everybody, okay? Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill wants to watch all Americans through their COVID site because that makes total sense. And then he's probably tracking you through your stimulus money you just got in the yep. mail today. Yep. Thomas Beatty, the world's first pregnant man, gives birth to a daughter on June 28th of 2008. And of course, you're like, what is this, the movie Junior? No, he was a transgender man. Yes. But he made the full conversion. However, he was able to give birth. So he was the first ever man to give birth to a daughter. And now we switch over to our amazing Sports correspondent. Hey, how's it going, George? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. Hey, hey, George, have I told you recently, you've really got some great pipes on you, man. Good evening, everybody. Yeah. Hey, thanks, George. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, what's your name again? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. He always says the same thing over and over again. That's all we can afford, though, because George Michael nowadays is coming at a premium cost. <laughs> yeah, he's... Which, he, what the fuck is he up to? He's dead. <laughs> oh, from beyond, that was George Michael. 
fuck? <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Michaels. You were loved as I was growing I was, up. I was going to say, is, he, is it at a premium? Because we have to... We have, to <laughs> we have technology here on the Pool Scene Podcast in which we can reach out from beyond to get a voice sample. But, but instead of reaching out to our loved ones... <laughs> we reach out to George Michael. Mom, I love you. You know I do. I need George Michael for the podcast. And she delivered. So, Mom, I love you. In sports, the same as you know from the great Lonely Island song, Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. The NBA Finals, Boston Celtics beat the Lakers 131-92 in Game 6 for the first title since 1986 and 17th overall with Kevin's favorite basketball player, Paul Pierce, I the MVP. Paul Pierce. I hate you him. hate Paul Pierce as much as you hate Billy Joel. I probably hate Paul Pierce more than Billy Joel. Really? Yeah. So if Paul Pierce sang Allentown, God, you would fucking do a happening walk backwards. Paul, and I, Paul Pierce, you know, had the uh, the game where he had to take a shit or whatever, and he came back out in the wheelchair. And for years, he what, like you never had that type of shit well, where you sure, couldn't walk. But he pretended for years that he was injured, and then later on admitted, "I just had to take a shit." And like <laughs> I, he played up the drama of it. And, like, the same thing, he will not ever say anything positive about LeBron. No, because like, he's a piece of shit. He is. Fuck him. How many world titles does Paul Pierce have? Oh, that's right. One. Yep. LeBron, four. U.S. Open, men's golf, Tory Pines Country Club. We're going there right now. Tiger Woods wins his third U.S. Open and 14th major title. This was the last one he won before he won the Masters in 2019, beating Rocco Mediate in the first hole of sudden death following a Monday 18-hole playoff, which later on we found out that Tiger Woods was playing this with a blown ACL. Blown O-ring. <laughs> That's what Paul Pierce had. I would probably put all my money on saying the 2019 Masters, Tiger's last win ever. I would say so, too. I don't know how he's going to recover from two massive leg surgeries yeah. and then the damage back he got from doing SEALs training on top of it. Yep. We saw probably, I don't know, probably one of the greatest athletes of our generation. And at least we saw him go out the way he should with a green jacket. Yeah. Well, I hope he comes back. Don't get me wrong. But just it, it's sort of like an Alex Smith situation at this point. If he can just get out there, it's a colossal win. But would it not surprise you, though, if Tiger Woods somehow comes back oh, in, yeah. say, two years and then wins another one? It'd I be the greatest win, but I could see him come back. Yeah. The number one song in America, Kevin. This might surprise you. Lil Wayne featuring Static Major Lollipop. Okay. Lollipop becomes the number one song in the country. And the number one movie in the country, one of the most underrated Marvel movies... The Incredible Hulk starring Edward Norton. Oh. Number one for one week. So not really better than the happening. You know what? The movie, I didn't mind the movie as much. Yeah. It, granted, Ruffalo became more popular as the Hulk, but Edward Norton was a surprising yeah. choice. L Liv Tyler. Is she she's in that one? Yeah, William Hurt is in yeah. that one too. And I hate to say it, I bought that movie. That was the first Marvel after Iron Man movie I ever bought was Incredible Hulk. Because I've always been a Hulk guy. And that was what was happening in around June of 2008. All right, now let's address the doozy of the plot. Kick back, y'all. Here we go. Originally believed to be a neurotoxin terrorist attack, people are committing mass suicide in Central Park in New York City. 
the suicidal behavior quickly spreads across the United States. High school science teacher Elliot Moore and his wife Alma are convinced Great name. by the math teacher to exit Philadelphia along with the math teacher and his daughter Jess. My mother just called my cell again. She's hysterical. Hysterical. I told her. I told her the probability of something happening in Philadelphia is very low. I mean, nobody's telling us to leave the city, right? So I threw some figures at her. <laughs> It's good to be a math teacher sometimes. You know, people, people are comforted by percentages. They didn't work. She still wants us to get out the city and come out to her house. But she said for you now, I'm gonna come. Yeah, let me think about that, okay? Shortly after, the math teacher dies by suicide, and the other three essentially hitchhike their way to join up with the other survivors. They meet a nursery man who theorizes that the plants are to blame. I think I know what's causing this. You do? It's the plants. They can release chemicals. Marky Mark, despite being a science teacher, deduces that this must be, well, he basically denies that it's true until a little later. And then he's like, okay, I think he might be, you know, but he's got it all wrong, sort of, because he thinks at one point it's the wind. Yeah. And then he thinks it's large groups. But the one thing is for certain, that fucking nursery guy loves hot dogs. He loves hot, hot dogs. dogs. I had eight today. We're packing hot dogs for the road. You know, hot dogs get a bad rap. Got a cool shape. They got protein. You like hot dogs, right? <laughs> is pool sceners is eight hot dogs at one sitting too many hot dogs? I had eight hot dogs with in twenty buns. minutes with buns. What? Too many. I don't think all this is too many. Too many. I could down twenty if I wanted to. Marky Mark deduces that this must be true. Decides he must box all of the plants and trees. Actually, that's not true, but it might as well be. It couldn't make this movie any worse. Hey, Wynn, go fuck yourself, okay? Yeah. Early on, Elliot believes that the plants are targeting only large groups, but in the countryside, after breaking into small groups, he realizes the plants are targeting individuals. I think I might have all of that wrong. This movie is so fucking out there. Let's so, if we let's race the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Outrun the wind. Yeah. Then the outbreak suddenly stops and goes away. Just completely anticlimactic. Three months later, Elliot and Alma have adopted the math teacher's daughter. Alma is pregnant, and the news warns that the epidemic was just an appetizer for a much larger impending doom. The world is still pissed, y'all. The movie ends with some people in France committing suicide. Oh, the Eiffel. Suicide by baguette. Uh, Jim, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into the characters. Let's do it. We've got Marky Mark Wahlberg as Elliot Moore. Yes! A Philadelphia high school science teacher. Hey, guys, I love science. What about you? Zoe Deschanel as Alma Moore, Elliot's wife. Big-eyed bitch. John Leguizamo, completely underutilized. The opposite of the pest. They make him look terrible. They take away all his personality. He's a fucking idiot. And he's so great in so many things. Like the other day, I watched Chef for the dozenth time. Yeah. That's a great movie. And John Lee was almost fantastic in it. He's great in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> and then who else do we have? Who fucking cares? Uh, Brian, our buddy Brian O'Halloran, Brian O'Halloran friend of the show. Jeep driver. Jeep driver. Great. Alan Ruck is the principal for five seconds. Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller. And, and M. Night Shyamalan has the audacity to fucking credit himself as Joey, the guy who saw Alma had lunch with her and I was cheating. Hey, it's me. I'm on a train. I just want to say something, okay? You've got to stop calling me. You're acting like the fatal attraction guy here. I feel like I'm going to take a shower and see your silhouette on the shower curtain. 
We ate tiramisu together. That is it. I told you that would be it. You have got to chill out. You don't hear his voice. You don't see him. You see he, his name on a phone. He fucking credited himself for a role that had nothing to it. And then we have uh, Joel De La Fuenta, who you like. Who is from The Man in the High Castle. He plays the Japanese inspector. Yeah, I'm sure. They released it? We're not near the road. Uh, which, <laughs> sure, fuck you. Which actor, or I'm, I'm not even doing that this week. Instead of let's, which actor or actress gives a passable performance? This week, who's hey. the LVP of this movie? The least valuable player who sucks in this movie who's the worst in this movie do you have do you have two hours because yeah. i think the best one in this movie is the fucking girl because she said nothing the math teacher's daughter yeah what jessica yeah until the end i would say the lvp of this movie is zoe deschanel okay i was gonna tell you okay there was this guy joey his name is joey he's at work we went out and we had dessert i went out and i had dessert with him when i told you i worked late and i didn't work late I'm feeling really guilty in case we're going to die. I just wanted you to know that. Lie to me. She's fucking awful. She's just bug-eyed and sad, and she sucks. Like, she, she just totally sucks in this movie. She literally played up a role in which she comes across like she's cheating on her husband, but then admits she just had lunch with the guy. And then they ended at that. Yeah. What the fuck? The whole time you can't take anything seriously. People's heads are being blown off. People are laying down in front of tractors. And she just has this big ass eye thing. That's it. All right. So speaking of big ass eyes, why don't we go ahead and do best scenes? Cool. Okay. First one, I'll go in like chronological order. Basically. We got a lot here, everybody. Mark Wahlberg teaching his class about honeybees. <laughs> He just comes off. Look, I don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the New York Times about honeybees vanishing. Well, apparently, honeybees are disappearing all over the country. Tens of millions of them just disappearing. There's no bodies, no sign of them. They're just mysteriously gone. It's scary, huh? All right, let's hear some theories about why this might be happening. Nothing? Come on, guys. It, it's funny because we, we mentioned he, he wanted to play a teacher. But it's almost like his performance is, it's so unbelievable. It's like everything he's teaching the class, he's also himself learning for the first time. It's like, hey guys, you hear about these honeybees? But it also comes across like they were filming this all day and M. Night's like, I need, I need some more, Mark. And it's just Mark being like, oh really? Oh, you want fucking more? Here, I'll do this for you. Hey guys, cheer about the honeybees? And he's got some really weird kids in his class. He tells the one kid in his class, He's pretty. Jake, you don't have an opinion? You're not interested in what happened to the bees. You should be more interested in science, Jake. You know why? Because your face is perfect. <laughs> the problem is your face is perfect at 15. Now, if you were interested in science, you would know facts like the human nose and ears grow a fraction of an inch each year. So a perfect balance of features now might not look so perfect five years from now. It might look downright whack 10 years from now. You have a perfect face. What kind? I don't understand. It comes across like a teacher trying too hard in a special ed class. Like he's running to make his students laugh to turn off the yes. lights because the principal saw him. Yeah. The Dark Lord. Don't look into her eyes. Vice principal, what can we do for you? These are high school kids. They, they're not. 
They don't think that's funny. He is. They they're not breaking. If this was, if he was like a first grade teacher, they'd eat that shit up. Oh, you fucking know. But they these would. are high school kids who'd be like, "Come on, dude." This would be, he would be fired by a parental call because how would you feel if you saw or even heard what this teacher was doing in this classroom? I, I, he's not stable. No, no. My next one, I'm sorry, next one. There's so fucking many. When he comes to the realization that it's the wind. I need a second, okay? Why can't anybody give me a goddamn second? I'm a scientific douchebag. Identify the variables. That's the two groups. Design an experiment. That's what we're freaking Careful observation measurements. That's what I'm trying to do. Interpret the experimental data. Interpret. What if it is the plants? Their group was larger than ours. This thing has been escalating all day. Smaller and smaller populations have been setting this off. They react to human stimulus. Maybe people are setting off the plants? What are you saying? That guy was crazy. We have to save them. They're already dead. What if they're targeting us as threats? I mean, this part of the field may not have been set off. Something in this field could be releasing the chemical into the air when there's too many of us together. Let's just stay ahead of the wind. He says it out in the middle of the field as you hear other groups committing suicide deep over the hill. And he just, there's this zoom in shot on his face. It's the legendary zoom out yeah. shot or the zoom in shot from this film. And it just all clicks. Hey, I think we need to stay ahead of the wind, guys. He's basically from what i can tell that he's whispering to himself he's trying to do like the scientific method it's the scene from the hangover with zach galifianakis and the numbers in front of his face yeah he's like the hypothesis and he's like he's trying and then they're like zoe d schnell's like let's go check on the people who blew their own heads off yeah let's go come on guys that'll be fun and then mark Wahlberg's like wait like this is they're in a big they're in a big group though the wind's targeting them they're in a big group we need to be in smaller groups my next one oh so basically not a scene but a collection of scenes there's a lot of them all the people who have like all the creative ways people have committed suicide so this movie is about a neurotoxin that is like three stages but the final stage is that it makes you kill yourself yeah and so and walk backwards yeah, I think the first ones we see are people jumping off a building. Mm-hmm. But then you've also got like, uh, no, it's the screw is the screwdriver through the neck first. I think this. Yes, yeah. it is screwdriver through screwdriver the screwdriver through the neck. A daisy chain of self-inflicted gunshots. Yeah, the headshots. And then an elaborate shoots and ladder game where people hang themselves. Oh, they got the construction workers jumping off the building. Yeah, you have suicide by lawnmower. Yeah, which is weird. And then the best suicide in this movie, Suicide by Lion's Den. Oh my God, look at this. My sister sent it to me. It was taken an hour ago at the Philadelphia Zoo. Which, the arms come off way too easily. That scene is so funny because it's shot with a it's bad like, green look screen. what so-and-so sent to me. Here's the quality of that, and I got it for you. The TikTok green screen feature... That's how bad the quality is of that mauling scene. But you could so tell the green screen is so cheaply done. Yeah. It's bad. Yes, it is not good at all. So so that's it. A collection of scenes, not a scene itself. My ultimate, I have more beyond this, but by far my number one, I'm going to have more. The negotiation with the fucking ficus. Hello? My name is Elliot Moore. I'm just going to talk in a very positive manner, giving off good vibes. We're just here to use the bathroom. 
Then we're just gonna leave. I hope that's okay. Plastic. Talking to a plastic plant. I'm still doing it. He has an abandoned house. He literally says, hey, we're just here to use the bathroom. That's all we're gonna do. We don't mean any any problems, okay? He introduces himself. He, Hi, my name's Elliot. And then after all this, he realizes, I'm talking to a fucking plastic plant. Yeah. And I'm still talking to a plastic yep. plant. He negotiates with a plastic ficus for their lives so they can take a piss in a dump. Yep. That's it. My next one. Oh. The cough syrup scene. If we're going to die, I want you to know something. I was in a pharmacy a while ago. It was a really good looking pharmacist behind the counter. Really good looking. I went up and I asked where the cough syrup was. I didn't even have a cough. And I almost bought it. And I'm talking about a completely superfluous bottle of cough syrup. That's like six bucks. Are you joking? Thank you. Uh, At least he says syrup right. I'll give him that. (sighs) Syrup, it's not. It's syrup. It's not syrup. Is it spelled S-U-R-U-P? Nope. S-Y-R. Syrup. Syr? Seer, S-Y-R. S-Y-R. If you saw S-Y by itself, what would you say? Sigh. Syrup. Okay, so then it's Syrup. It's Syrup. I were in. It's Syrax. Uh, so <laughs> the cough syrup scene, which is where <sighs> Alma admits to Elliot. Cheating on him with a moons over my hand. So That's basically this what guy she named Joey has called her and texted her multiple times on the train and at her house. And she keeps having to silence the calls and hide them from Elliot. So eventually she just is like, Hey, I want to admit this to you. I've been hiding it from you. I had, I told you I was somewhere else and I had lunch or dinner with this guy. That was it. And he's like, <laughs> you lied to me. So then <laughs> that was it though, but that was it. Yeah, that was it. Like, yes, it would have been better if she would have done. I don't know. Oh, but anyway, so good. He tells her, Hey, I was at the pharmacy. And there is a really good looking pharmacist. Yeah. And I didn't need it, but I asked her about this cough syrup and I almost bought it. It was $6. And then she says, are you joking? She starts like, she has like tears welling up in her eyes and she goes, are you joking? And he just like nods. Yes. Yeah. It's really something. It's fucking amazing how abruptly these scenes just end with no further context. Mm -hmm. You literally thought she's fucking this guy. Mm -hmm. No. She had a sandwich with the guy and then have a joke. Are you joking? Yeah, I am. I'm joking. It's like, <laughs> fuck off. So my next one, when they stroll up to this house and it's the, the brick house with the green shutters, the kids, the two kids that are with oh, them yeah. see the guys in the house and he's just trying to negotiate. Is there any way we could get some food? We have a little girl. We just want to get her some food. You best leave now. You ain't gonna bring that poison gas in here with you. Sir, it's not poison gas. There's none out here. They said to stay inside. We're fine right now. Nothing's happened out here yet. I mean, you can see that. Just listen to our voices. We're perfectly normal. On Blackwater, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? See? We're normal. All we just want is some food. There's no bad air out here, guys. Come on out. And you just hear the guys go, it's the chemicals are in the air. No, they're not. Next thing you know, this guy fucking pulls a shotgun out through a window. So yeah. blows the one kid away with a shotgun yeah. blast. And then you see another 
Okay, that kid, the second kid's reaction process, his fight or flight never kicks in because his friend... Let us in, bitch! ...gets like a huge... He gets like 12, I I don't know what it is, like buckshot through the chest. Yeah. The other kid... Oblivious. ...turns around and kind of just look and doesn't run away, doesn't walk away. He turns around with his back to the window. And then you see... The fucking gun come through the window. Yeah. And John F. Kennedy. Yes. Then what the funny thing he does afterwards, here comes Marky Mark over to the kid. We're going to get out of this nightmare. To have a conversation yeah. with the kid. He tells him like, we're going to get you out of here. No, you're not. There's fucking brain matter all over the place. Hey, we're going to get you out of here, okay? And here comes Bug Eyes over there. Hey, Elliot, we have to leave now. Oh, really? <laughs> no shit, we do? Sherlock. Uh, quick, the scene at the nursery, that guy really loves hot dogs. He beyond loves hot dogs. I love hot dogs, (laughs) but this guy loves them more than I do. You like hot dogs, don't you? Okay, babies, we are going to be going, but we will be back soon. Okay. Oh, plants react to human stimulus. They, they prove it in tests. Get the mustard. This guy has like eight lines in the movie. Hot dogs. Every single line. He either talks about hot dogs or he's eating a hot dog See, he even said there's good protein benefit and i had eight of them today so i got he's max like, protein you guys like hot dog yeah you also got uh, enough <laughs> nitrates <laughs> to fucking last you forever however he does hold a hot uh, he holds a hot dog like the way i do when i eat it he does the sideways grip okay just throwing it out there you could have been more excited about that <laughs> instead of dismissing go okay all right my last one is when Mark is cowering in the cellar. I'm sorry, Alma. What's going on, Elliot? What's happening here? It could be the grass and the trees are doing this now. She was alone when it happened. Seems like they might have gotten more sensitive. That there must be this massive long pipe that conjoins because they're separated. They went into when he went to the house basement. That in in and of itself is a logic issue. I don't know why a little pipe that sticks out two inches from the wall somehow spans what a football field yeah, length, hundred yards at least. And he's communicating to her through this pipe. Meanwhile, she's the one that has the six year old. She's keeping her shit together. He is cowering. He's crying, yeah. and they admit the ring that she gave him showed that his color was purple for horny. Yeah. You remember our first date? <laughs> it was so quiet. You bought me the mood ring. It turned purple when you wore it. Then you said, that means you're in love. Got you to talk, didn't it? But then we checked the little paper chart, and it turned out that purple meant i was horny yeah and he like cucks himself in this scene oh he's like, god does he ever like, i don't care that you cheated on me i want to be with you he they had a fucking sandwich yeah oh fuck off well my final best scene is actually the precursor to what leads up to to your b- final best scene which is they're trying to get to safety in a house away from the plants out in the farm country. and marky mark just wanders I don't know where this lady comes from. Maybe I looked away for a second, but he's on the porch and he kind of just looks over and she's sitting on the porch in a chair and she goes, You lost? You must be. There ain't nothing around here for miles. Why, you eyeing my lemon drink? 
Why you eyeing my lemon drink? First off, if you ever heard anybody ever in the history of mankind ever utter the words lemon drink for a lemonade. Hey, let me get a lemon drink. Hey, can I have a sip of that lemon drink? So this lady invites them in and shit goes sideways. Like she slaps the fucking girl's hand and they don't react. Like hard. Don't touch things that aren't yours. She slaps the girl's hand really hard and then they don't say anything. So then dinner's over. They put, you know, Jessica to sleep and then they are having, they're whispering. You've been great taking care of Jess. I don't like this woman. There's something exorcisty about her. How could she hit Jess like that? We need to stay in this house. And basically Zoe Deschanel is saying, we got to get out of here. You're like, we can't stay here. Can you believe she slapped her hand like yeah. that? And Marky Mark's like, I got to keep you safe. We have to stay here. I'm sorry. It's the best. We need a house, okay? Lemon drink lady comes out and she goes, (laughs) LDL. I hear you whispering. Planning on stealing something? No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on murdering me in my sleep? What? No. I hear you whispering. You're going to kill me in my sleep. No, I'm not, Mrs. Jones. Yeah, he says like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's so good. (laughs) He almost hits Christopher Walken levels like, oh, no. All right. I I need a lemon drink myself. Yeah, I'm going to fill the pool full of lemon drink. Because I got to get out of this and I need a break away from this movie. Let's have a pool check. All right, let's walk backwards into the pool. Pool check. All right, this week's pool check, not music videos, a little late for music videos, no cards, no no ancient gum this week. Oh, that gum. Holy shit. I uh, still taste it. I so know. we are doing best Mark Wahlberg performances. <laughs> There's, I have, I have a good, good amount. Before we dive in, I have to bring the mood down. Oh, you son of a bitch. By reminding our audience that Mark Wahlberg committed a hate crime yeah we brought that up during fear yes if you want to hear about it listen to our fear episode by the way fear might be our best episode that's still probably my favorite we've done 42 total episodes that's probably my favorite all right anyhow let's talk about mr silencia himself my number five best mark Wahlberg performance is as mickey ward in the fighter not you not you and not you not you not you and not you not you not you not you not you and not you that's pretty much his whole performance i've never seen the fighter that's a scene in the movie i'm a fucking fighter okay so mickey ward you know based on true story mickey ward's brother was like a a junkie and kind of a piece of shit and he's talking about you know control of his whatever Mm -hmm. and he literally points out everyone in his crew and he's like not you not you and not you it's great so my number five is the xbox 360 connect promotional video (laughs) well connect xbox 360 is the best because you know it's allowing kids to go out and have the fun that they get out of playing video games and they enjoy them, but also the kind of exercise and burn off that energy in a way that, uh, you know, other games just don't offer you. Now, Marky Mark got together. Now, when the Xbox 360 Connect came out, this was roughly in 2009, 2010-ish, and we all know what the Connect is. It's, you Do know, we? We, it not, not many people it's, did. It's a, a staple component of garbage dumps. <laughs> this is pretty much. You don't need a controller to use your body and hands. Well, Marky Mark showed up to promote Connect for the Boys and Girls Club. God. And of course, 
What is he doing in Connect? He's fighting because I'm a fighter, okay? Not you. Not you. He's literally fighting, and he's doing little interviews, and you'll you'll totally hear it right here, of course, but oh, my God. He does better acting in a Connect promotional video for the Boys and Girls Club than he did throughout this entire movie because I think he actually enjoyed the Xbox 360 Connect. It's mind-blowing. He might be the only person. I hope he negotiated with the Connect like he did with a ficus. You know, not to go too much off track, but so the Wii came out, and I always thought the Wii was a total, like, dog shit system. Yeah, but we have it right down here in the studio. We fuck around with it. Yeah, and, like... Wii Sports is great, man. It was just a bunch of shitty games built around a gimmick. Yeah, because you can have a 70-year-old play it or a 4-year-old play it. So even though, you know, PS3 and Xbox 360 were beyond, Mm -hmm. far and away, superior systems... Yeah. They couldn't ignore that people were having so much fun with the Wii. Exactly. So they both, like, PlayStation had, what, the Play? Was it called the Play? The the Move. And it looked like a sex toy. Yeah. And then Connect was just like a wand with a camera you put on top of your TV. Yeah. They just, it never... Never took off. And it's weird because the Connect was probably the least invasive of any of them because, like, on the Wii, you had to hold the shit. Yeah. I mean, not that you don't have to hold a controller to play video games, but, like... The Wii kind of locked you in. I don't know. But you know what? The Connect has took off. I used to love watching Ghost Adventures big time. Like Zach Bagans, Ultimate Douchebag. But they have used the Connect in paranormal investigations. For and what? It's been, because it'll be able to, it flashes like infrared beams. And they've noticed that if there's spirits in the rooms, it can break those beams. So they know if there's Trying a spirit to play in the connect? room. Probably. <laughs> Okay. I'm a fighter. Okay. I'm George. <laughs> it's a sports machine. I'm playing Connect. Good evening, everybody. All right. Uh, my number four. From Pain- Beyond. Yes, from Beyond. Pain and Gain as Daniel Lugo. So He got so fucking big for he that did, role. He got huge. He was playing an ex-con, acting across from The Rock. And Pain and Gain's pretty good. I'd say it's underrated. It's Michael Bay, right? Yeah. And Wahlberg, he pulls off the extortionist con gym employee pretty well. We all start out equal. Little blobs of blood and muscle. It's a setup of awesome potential. Most people never develop that potential. I knew early on I was not most people. Because if you're willing to do the work, you can have anything. That's what makes the US of A great. When it started, America was just a handful of scrawny colonies. Now, it's the most buff, pumped-up country on the planet. That's pretty rad. Yeah. I mean, based on a true story, but, like, he got big. He, he just... Wahlberg, as you see in a lot of these picks, I mean, my two picks so far, Mickey Ward and Daniel Lugo and Payne and Gain, right in his wheelhouse. Oh, it's big time. I mean, he likes working out. He likes sports. He's from Philadelphia. Like, he, it just... Yeah, totally in his wheelhouse. My number four... Just show Marky Mark in any fucking episode of Wahlburgers. What's up, guys? Hi. You look like you're ready for a pool party. Oh, yeah. I'm- yeah, it was nice for Paul to come out with the kids and hang out. And, you know, we had a little pool party, a little barbecue. I've never seen a guy seem d- so disinterested about his brother's passion for anything. Hey, we're going to help him out. You know, he's a chef. He likes to make burgers. Our name's Wahlburger. It's going to be Wahlburgers. And he'll show up at like a fucking restaurant with his brother and try to promote a new Wall. Have you ever eaten a Wahlburger? Never. I've never been near one that i'm aware of i'm telling you if we're when the world finally returns to a new normal i think me and you just for the hilarity of it need to find oh, yeah. a fucking wall oh yeah 
and maybe get a weird picture with Marky Mark hey, on the wall. My number three, as Izzy in Rockstar. Oh, yeah, that's he's right. the replacement singer for Steel Dragon. I got eaten pussy, man. Loads of it. All the time. Tons. That's all I do. Breakfast, morning, no night. Got to have it, man. And it's Zed up and pretty ridiculous. I mean, I love this. We've movie. talked about the movie. It's uh, a band, you know, kick out their lead singer. They take the super fan Izzy it's journey. It's yeah, journey. They in pull real him life. up on stage and he, I mean, it's, it's really the story of Ripper Owens. Yeah. But they pull and we up. ate it. Well, speaking yeah. of, we ate it. His rest place. in peace. That's yeah. Good. Ripper wings, Owens uh, wing restaurant trying in to Akron. trying to get on the connect. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, but yeah, he he starts living. Yeah. The rock star lifestyle. He gets his nipple pierced, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. I just see an image of a giant wing restaurant breaking into a connect infrared sphere. Number three, of course, is fear. Um, Kevin and I, we both loved covering that fucking episode. It showed how much we love Mark Wahlberg. You know, and that's why we did the happening, because we want to keep doing Mark Wahlberg we, we stuff. Did, uh, we did that episode, and I watched fear a bunch growing up, but it's like, when we did the episode, it's like all all I thought that movie was just like a finger bang movie on a roller coaster. It's so much more. And it's so much more. Like the final scene where he gets thrown a half a mile, mile. out of the window. And like the scene where he chases that guy down in the woods. I mean, that movie just it's him in the fucking bathroom at the women's bathroom in the mall. Him playing like a serious killer. Yeah. Because he's played like the bad guy or the villain in the movies, but more like tongue in cheek. Like I think I don't think it's on your list, but he wasn't he the um the bad guy in those like Will Ferrell yeah. Daddy's Home movies. Yeah. But obviously a comedy tongue in cheek. But fear, it's like no. He's a psycho. He's a psycho who kills people. Oh, it's so good. My number two, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, good vibration. That's my number two as well. Yeah. It's None of this would be possible without, without good vibrations. That Calvin Klein model himself. Started out as a rapper. His brother was in New Kids on the Block. Hey, I can be a rapper too, guys. Yeah, so he becomes a rapper, and it launches all of this fashion, movies. He had, and Kevin, you know this. I don't know if any of you pool seniors out there. My favorite video game system of all time, Sega CD. Yeah. He had a video game called Marky Mark Make My Video. If you guys did not know there were other videos and songs he did besides Good Vibrations, pick that thing up for about 25 cents. Yeah. I did not know. And it's fucking fantastic. He Get did that. a cover of, uh, was it Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side? I think he did, yeah. Hey, yeah. Doll, take a walk on the wild side. Yeah. So my number two, well, it's Good Vibrations. So my number one. Number one. Boogie fucking Nights. Also mine. 13 inches is a tough load. I don't treat you gently. That's right. I'm Brock Landers, so I'm going to be nice, so I'm going to be nice, so I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to ask you one more time, where the fuck is Ringo? Boogie Nights, watch it the other night again, holy fuck, is Plays he amazing. Dirk Diggler, and the great story of Boogie Nights was... Almost in an alternate universe somewhere, this happened. Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to be Dirk Diggler. God, I would have hated it. Marky Mark was supposed to be in the fucking Titanic. 
Could you have imagined him in Titanic? Hey, Rose, don't let fucking go. <laughs> Give me a bigger piece of wood. Hey, you want me to pinch you like, although that's fucking, that's what? Kate Winslet. I was going to say, hey, you want me to pinch you like one of my French girls? Yeah. No, that wouldn't work. Ironically enough, though, Mark Wahlberg and Leo DiCaprio were in the basketball diaries together. They were in The Departed together. They were in, they've, they've pretty much crossed each other's paths a number of times pretty much but could you have imagined but i don't think Wahlberg's ever going to win a best actor i would have loved him in titanic i'm not gonna lie that would have been fucking great because hey. he would have fucking punched that fucking guy trying to get on the lifeboat hey, hey get back here billy fucker. zane hey billy zane uh james cameron had to cut his his <laughs> billy zane is the guy <laughs> hey Billy Zane. Hey, James, I have a great idea. Hear me out. I can stop the fucking ship from sinking. I'm going to hold it up, okay? Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to hold it up, okay? didn't put that on your list. What? Mark Wahlberg said he could have stopped 9-11. Wait, what? You never heard that? No. There's an interview. You could probably find it where uh, Mark, fucking putting this Mark in the Wahlberg claims... He could have stopped 9-11. Actor Mark Wahlberg found himself in hot water this week after suggesting in an interview with Men's Journal that he would have forcibly overtaken 9-11 hijackers had he been a passenger on a 9-11 flight. Wahlberg, who was in fact scheduled to be on American Airlines Flight 11 the morning of September 11th, said, If I was on that plane with my kids, it wouldn't have went down like it did. There would have been a lot of blood in that first class cabin and then me saying, Okay, we're going to land somewhere safely. Don't worry. The reaction from journalists and victims was swift, many pointing out the insensitivity of Wahlberg's comments. He apologized in a statement on Wednesday saying, to speculate about such a situation is ridiculous. Wahlberg's violent heroic fantasy might not have been too off the marky mark though. The former troubled teen resident of Dorchester, Massachusetts once blinded a Vietnamese man in one eye after beating him with a stick and spent 45 days in jail. God. Which is just a really wild thing to say. Even if you believe that you could have stopped 9-11, maybe keep it to yourself. It's kind of an insensitive, yeah. left field, weird kind of thing. I have to add that now, so that's going to be in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, mind blown. You're number one. Oh, uh, my Nights. number one was Boogie Nights, which uh, for those of you who don't know, Paul Thomas Anderson movie about a kid who... It was a dishwasher yeah, he, who has a big rig. He has a big rig. He stumbles into the life of adult films. Gets super dark. He it gets super dark. Quick. Yeah, he tries to branch out and be other things, and it just doesn't work. Branch out more like a fucking tree stump. Yeah, so I've got some honorable mentions. As Bobby Mercer and Four Brothers, he was John Bennett in Ted and Ted 2. That's right. I never saw the second Ted, which it's, I'm probably okay if I yeah, don't. Prob I would say the second one's better than the first. All right. But it's... It, it's whatever. Um, Sergeant Dignam in The Departed. The only reason that probably didn't make my list, he's not in the movie that much. And I mean, it, and it's also kind of a, a retread for him. He He's played that role a hundred times as yeah. like a cop or whatever. And then David McCall's Fear I had on my list. Oh my God, by far, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, let's, uh, let's unfortunately get back in the pool. Everybody back in the pool. The reason I say unfortunately is that momentarily we will resume talking about the happening. Ugh. But before we do, we if, if you've been with us on the ride, you know that this is the portion of the show where we do a critical question. So this week, rather than something related to the movie or whatever, I decided to go a little bit more serious. So we didn't do this on purpose, but this movie is about a pandemic and we just happen to be living through one. Hopefully the late stage is the tail end of a pandemic. With that being said... Beside the obvious, Jim, how do you feel 
that the pandemic has changed your life either temporarily or permanently. Well, it's one of those things that you never expect to ever go through. You know, it's the once in a century event. And most of the time when you've heard like grandparents and stuff like that say, hey, I lived through you know, World War II and you're, you hear your parents say, I lived through Vietnam. You don't know how to really connect with it because you don't know how they experienced it. But now this is something like you can tell your kids about. And if I ever have kids, I can tell them about it. It's, it's amazing. Like I can remember last year vividly when Rudy Gobert for the Utah Jazz ended up coming down with coronavirus and then ESPN breaking in about that saying that the Thunder Jazz game was suspended and they weren't allowing anybody out of the arena. Next thing you know, day later, the NBA suspends its season. And then, you know, through sports, the world just started stopping. The world fucking stopped. Yeah. The next thing you know, it's April 2020 and I'm paying 95 cents a gallon for gas because mm -hmm. nobody was allowed on the road unless you were considered an essential worker. And, you know, at the beginning, you couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. That was the things on Facebook. Be like, dude, if you need toilet paper, they just got to ship it and get it now. Yeah, which that is bullshit. Nightmare stuff. That was beyond nightmare. But God, it has changed me because, you know, I came down with it last January before everything got crazy, which I didn't think it was COVID at the time, but I've never been that sick in my life Yeah, to the point where I couldn't get up to even use the bathroom. I couldn't stand. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. See, I don't remember if I lost, you know, sense of smell or taste, but well, man. Yeah. So that's, I'll frame it that way when, when, you know, from, from my perspective is that, you know, you had started hearing maybe in January or um, November, December that there was this, you know, out of Wuhan, China, there was this virus starting to spread and like people are dying. It's scary. But here you're thinking that's oh, not here. Exactly. Everybody worked kind of talking about it a little bit. Well, right around that time, it, it, you and I could have got it off each other. Who knows? No shit, yeah. But like my, my wife and I both had this, this illness where I've never had a cough like that. Yeah. I mean, I on it, it was so bad. And I remember going to work because I'm dumb. I, that's what I do. I go to work. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, and you can't always call off. So I go to work, I got this cough and I'm, I try to suppress it as much as I can. My one coworker goes, man, you really got something nasty. And I remember her bringing me tea, made it for me and everything. I'm not a big tea drinker, but I remember being so uncomfortable and having that cough that I drank tea and now I drink tea. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, I definitely had it. And now even a year later, I'm certain that it did some damage to my lungs. Because now it's like, I have good lungs. I mean, I played soccer my whole life. Yeah. I have such shortness of breath and stuff. It's so bad. See, I lucked out because I do not have any ill effects. And I know people that have had COVID that still have had oh, yeah. trouble breathing six months out. Yep. I lucked out, but Jesus, dude, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy what I went through. Yeah. It's the worst. So I'd say from a personal and a shallow perspective, like I, I lost a great job that I enjoyed, a, a job I planned on staying at the rest of my life. Well, hopefully not the rest of my life, but till retirement. But I did get to spend a year at home with my kids, which was great. I consider myself lucky, which sounds like a little... Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's shit it's shitty to it's say It's not selfish. Yeah, it's selfish and shitty to say I'm lucky. But we were on a lockdown. People are dying. But but I took the lockdown serious and I got to spend a year at home with my kids. That's time I would never trade for anything. Yeah. I was a stay at home dad for a year. It was yeah. awesome. You know, I, I'm never gonna be in a situation like that again, probably. I mean, we created this podcast because of yeah, this pandemic. Exactly. We so, we 
fucking started reconnecting with our golfing. Yeah, right. We golfed like 50 times or something. Jesus. So when I was home in the summer and fall, I kept myself busy. Lots of outdoor projects. I gained weight in the winter. I'm still working on that. So that's how it affected me personally. I will say from a national perspective, it's got to normalize the wearing of masks when like you have the flu or a cold or yeah. whatever it is. Other countries have always done that. That's the thing. It's it's nothing new to them. Yeah. Here, we, you can't get people to understand that you have to put the mask over your fucking nose. Too. Even if they don't wear masks, we can't get people to cover their arm when they cough or cover their mouth when they cough or. Well, it doesn't help that the previous administration thought this was all bullshit. Yeah. Or we can't get people to wash their hands. And, and this goes for the flu or a cold or what? Like if you're sick, don't go to bars. Don't go to rest. Like stay no. home. Don't spread it. I don't care what it is. COVID, cold, flu, whatever. So I'd say maybe that, but I'd say what it ultimately, I think normalized the most was this misconception that this country feeds you on our reliance on things. Exactly. Like, Hey, you have to go to the small mom, like uh, mom, pa grocery store to keep them alive or whatever. People are online shopping more than ever. I can attest to that with where I work. People are, uh, you know, grocery shopping from curbside. Yep. You know, it's, it's kind of normalize things that maybe people wouldn't have given a chance otherwise. A lot of things are going to downsize when it comes to like big box stores. They realize that, and I've gone through this, you don't need that much of a labor force anymore because these big corporate stores made billions last year. Oh yeah. Billions. I was furloughed for three months. Look how much my company made in those three months. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Look at all the, the top earners in the, in the world and in the country, they all like tripled their wealth Big this time. year. And we all end up eating shit for it. We do. We're, uh, you know, you go on Twitter and you see people just like praising the Lord over $1,400. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, enough of that. Let's uh, move on to what Kevin. Hey, I got my stimulus check today too. And I bought big buck hunter. <laughs> Let's move on to logic. It all could have been different. Mr. Walker should have allowed nature to take its course all right first logic for me why do alma and julian seem like enemies hey julian i bought him it was like getting one of those cabbage patch dolls when they first came out what a madhouse how are you good you good okay good why don't i'm really glad you chose to come i'm gonna get on the train we're not gonna get to sit together anyways okay it is never explained because it kind of comes across like, oh, they had a fling. You know what, though? Maybe they had a fucking sandwich somewhere. I it's So Julian is the mathematician, math teacher. Who's John Leguizamo. Who's John Leguizamo, who they do no favors to. From what I understand in watching this, he's just another teacher. He's another teacher that takes math way too seriously yeah. in real life. And maybe they're friends at work. But they don't really seem like friends who hang out. I don't know. They don't. They don't tell us. But immediately, so they're all getting on this train to get the hell out of Philadelphia. And basically, they exchange these weird pleasantries. And he basically tells her sarcastically, I'm so glad you came. Yeah, and then she's thanks. like, she's like, well, I'll just take my ticket and I'm going to sit by myself. And they never explain why there's such animosity. The, there's no. And you think maybe it's because Marky Mark told Leguizamo that. 
you know, he suspected she was cheating. Hey, I don't trust this bitch, man. But it's so weird. It's they hate it. It's so weird. They don't ever explain it. There's so much fucking logic issues. For instance, why when the airborne whatever, the virus, the trees, when it initially infects somebody, why do they start walking backwards like they hit the rewind button? It's never explained. No, I, I had that too. Why? It's like Emma, M. Night Shyamalan was like, we, we need a cue to tell the audience that this person's about to commit suicide. And that cue is that they stop and start walking backwards. What the, f- why, what is the science? Which there's probably from a deeper, if we looked into this, there's probably a lot of science. Or the, the total freeze frame, like Zach Morris going, Time out. Yeah. Everybody freezes. So strange. Um, Elliot has this fear of wind. So he, he starts convincing himself and the others around him that he that it's it's the wind. The wind is causing this. Here it comes. Don't you let go of my hand. So as far as like, I think he thinks the wind is carrying the neurotoxin. Well, he stands when they're in the large group in this, these planes, wherever they're at. Yeah. This lady's on the phone and she is talking to her daughter or something. And he's like, Margie Mark takes the phone. Yeah. They're like, all gathered around. Her. Yeah, a big and group. He's like, tell, tell her not to go near the window with the tree. Just tell her. Baby, don't go near the window with the tree. Ask her if Princeton's been affected. Honey. Someone wants to know if, if if Princeton's had any problems. She says everyone's dead outside. You just stay in your room. You, honey, honey, you're talking funny. What's wrong with you? What do you mean? Everyone's uh, dead? What? Stacy, you're scaring me. I, I, I don't understand what you're saying. What, baby? I just, she's just not making any sense. Calculus. I see in calculus. Calculus. Stacy! Calculus. Get away from the window. And he tells her to get away from the window because he thinks it's the wind. Yeah. So he also, there's another part where I think he wants to seal up the vehicle they're in. I might be confusing that with the Jeep, but (laughs) who cares? Exactly. (laughs) Who cares? But the whole idea, Marky Mark is so afraid of the wind yet. Where is he in the middle of a field? Yeah. Being afraid of the wind. It's so strange. Speaking of Leguizamo, his death scene. I'm going to tell you the answer. It's over $10 million. You'd have over $10 million at the end of the month. You want to hear another one? Astounds me because they're in a soft top Jeep. Brian O'Haller in front of the show is driving as Jeep driver. I'm glad they gave him a name. Yeah. Leguizamo sees, uh-oh, you see all these people hanging, and then he sees a cut in the ragtop. You know, there's little gaps in ragtops. Wind can get fucking in. Yeah. So he starts reciting math shit. Yeah. Starts reciting math stuff, and next thing you know, Brian O'Halloran guns it into a fucking tree, which he gets ejected out as the driver makes sense. Yeah. And then somehow, the guy in the back seat right gets ejected out of the windshield. Somehow, he either went cosmically through the seat in which Leguizamo was in, and then through the windshield, and then out of nowhere, here appears Leguizamo unhurt, 
Yeah. Just literally sits down and just starts hacking at his wrist. Well, hacking is is probably the wrong adjective. Yeah, probably not hacking, but verb because he he kind of just casually brushes his wrist with uh, a piece of glass. Yeah, it's super weird. It makes no sense how he even survived or was able to even walk out of a wood, not one scratch. I I would I've got no other specific examples of logic, but I would say seriously, it's kind of this whole movie. It's the premise. It's the execution of the plot because I think it seems clearly obvious that this was intended to be campy and the lines were delivered campy and stuff. The audience is never, he never gives the audience the correct clues to understand that. When you intentionally make camp, it's no longer camp. Right. That's the thing. And, you know, he presents everything else as, it's like, Everything else in the movie is serious to be taken seriously. Yeah. The dialogue is like a fucking Tim and Eric episode. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. It's like every word spoken in this movie is like a joke. The hot dog thing, a joke. Like, oh no, all the Marky Mark stuff, joke. Uh, Hey, we know we're just in here to use a bathroom, okay? It's like they took the dialogue from another script and put it in. It's like some sort of weird, you know, and there's, there's theories about this movie that it's actually about mass hysteria and it's about media consumption and all these other things, which I think is crazy. I literally think it's the planet is telling humanity, listen, we're not letting you fuck with us anymore. And we're giving you a warning. They didn't listen in three months later. Hey, we're going after Paris. Yeah. Which, what can you really do in three months? You can't, I don't know. The plants want them to shut down all the power plants. Yeah. All right. Greenpeace. All right, you got any more logic? (laughs) This whole fucking movie. (laughs) All right, then stick around for some plugs. Hey guys, I'm Dana, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast, also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas, we have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us, and now back to Kevin. All right, what's the legacy of this movie? Uh, there is none. Bye, guys. <laughs> I would say that this movie has has environmental maybe, awareness maybe some cult appeal as far as oh could this be a cult movie if people embrace this as a comedy or like mm. embrace this as a bad movie oh it's a bad movie all i right. think there could be some enjoyment because some of those things that you look forward to and wait for like the the movie one of the first lines of dialogue in this movie is the two girls sitting on the bench and it's such a weird and she's like I forgot where i am you're at the place where the killers meet to decide what to do with the crippled girl. That's right. That's right. They're reading the same book while sitting next to each other, and she goes, where am I at again? And she's like, this is the part where the two lovers murder a cripple? It's some, it's something like that. Yeah. There's all these lines in this movie that are just so weird and out of Like the hot dog guy. Like, if you saw this in a theater, you could throw hot dogs at the screen. Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, so I'd say the legacy, it almost ended M. Night Shyamalan's career. Why didn't it? <laughs> because it just, uh, despite how much money it made, it just almost seemed like people weren't going to 
they saw the village and be like, okay, uh, yeah, we're starting to get in on this bullshit. And there's a lot of articles online that you can read where it's like in defense of the happening, or you can't defend, or this why movie. the happening's actually good, or things like that. I mean, I disagree. I think it's it's t- like it goes by quick enough, I guess, and. I will say one thing, though, Kevin. With all the movies we've covered, I still would watch this again before I would ever watch Grind again. Yeah, how about that? Isn't that something incredible? I watched Grind a hundred times. So did I. I don't ever want to fucking watch it again. Mr. Rivers! I watched Grind a hundred times, and it's it just sucks now. But, like, I would drink some beers and watch The Happening. I, would, I think this would be a fascinating thing to... If we ever say we did a drunk watch along, mm-hmm. holy fuck, this would be a great drunk watch along movie. So anything's possible, it might happen. All right. Ace of Malberkers got drunk, watch my movie. So with that, we'll move on to the landing strip. I don't have a lot this week. No squatter updates. No squatter updates. No cards. Uh, my second consecutive watch uh, through of The Leftovers have four episodes left, five maybe, and I'm excited to, to watch through because... Second watch, I've noticed so many things like you do on shows like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. There's just new cues and new things that you found out that are important that seemed like throwaway the first time. So that's about it. I mean, I not a lot going on. So I am going to kick my own ass for doing this because I'm a glutton for punishment. My neighbor TJ has given me access to HBO Max. I think I'm going to attempt to watch the four-hour, two-minute Snyder cut. Oh no. Of Justice League. Oh no. I fucking hate Zack Snyder. I hate what he's done to DC. I am fucking curious if he adds anything that adds more logic to what Justice League was because that movie was god awful. Batman v Superman. I'm going to spoil it for you guys out there because that fucking movie's garbage. They stop fighting. They fight for two and a half hours until Batman or Superman, whoever the fuck it was, says, Wait, your mom's name is Martha? My mom's name's Martha. And then We're George, friends. And then George Washington, the sex person, shows up and says, <laughs> my wife's name is Martha. I know. Watch, uh, if you have access to HBO Max now, you have access Watch the leftovers. to the Tiger Woods documentary. Yeah, I can check that Watch out, too. Watch the two-part Tiger Woods documentary, which is good. There's all kinds of good stuff on there. A lot of movies. There's a lot of series. Watch Six Feet Under, Sopranos, The Wire. It's four hours and two minutes long. Yeah. Fuck. As far as I'm concerned, that's four episodes of The Wire you could watch. I would rather watch probably The Happening four times in a row. Yeah. Maybe Grind. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know why you'd do that to yourself, but maybe I'll do it too. We'll see. I have HBO Max. So. Oh, God. Could you really sit there for four hours and two minutes and watch that fucking pile I of shit? I might need to watch it in four installments. Oh, my God. That's a lot. I'm not at all into the DC movies. I've tried and they're the just, TV shows are excellent. Yeah, the movies The Flash, wow. The comics great. The the movies just so bad. And I, I think that they I don't know <laughs> which go but like Marvel did it the right way. Yeah. They built movie after movie after movie after movie after movie. Big team up. One congruent story. Great. Fantastic how they did it. By the time <laughs> DC got their heads out of their asses and rebooted for the fifth time they were so far behind that they couldn't wait another 10 years. So they were like, fuck it. We're going to do Justice League now. We're going to do the team up movie now. (laughs) 
and then we'll do the individual movies. It, it does. It doesn't work. Nobody cares. I mean, I get their defense could be well. Everybody knows Superman. Everybody knows uh, Batman. It's like Eddie Izzard describing the Germans rolling into Russia. Oh, here we go. It's far too cold. It's far too cold. Yeah. Right. It just. It don't learn from their fucking past at all. I will say there is a way that that can work. They could say, okay, people know Superman. People know Batman. People know Wonder Woman. People, you know, they may not know Cyborg, but they can learn about him. Who fucking cares about Cyborg? But at least Marvel made you care about Iron Man. They made you care about Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. But the way the DC could have got it right with starting with that and then doing the backstory Don't make Superman dark. How about that? Just make it good. Yeah. Just hire the right people. Exactly. Have somebody, like... Marvel has somebody in charge of continuity. Yep. Who can shoot down all everything ties together yeah. in like a big chart. DC's just like, fuck it. I think they're putting all their bread in the basket for Flashpoint. And I'm hoping it works good. It's gonna be awesome to see Michael Keaton back. <sighs> but they have this multiverse to work with. I, but they're gonna fuck it up. That's exactly. what I I just do not have any faith i don't not with zack snyder doing the right thing i mean i think like the nolan batman movies were good batman movies have traditionally been pretty good even the joel schumacher batman movies are are fun those are great those like that's what camp is supposed to be right exactly and now with nolan it's supposed to be dark yes but when you have superman and the man of steel kills on right totally for no reason instead of banishing him to phantom zone no you snap his fucking neck weird why yeah, I just uh, why they they just couldn't figure out how to tie them together. No, it's a mess. All right, it's so, a big mess, guys. All right, well, join us again next week, same bat time, same bat channel, same channel, guys. Thank you for an exciting another episode of the Pool Scene Podcast. Thanks to Mr. Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, and his Wahlburgers. Our number third, our number third, our third guy now on the honorary lifeguard wall and he is the one that's responsible for our moment where we say silencia Silencia!